Chad, and just a joy to share with those in our church family who've uh, joined us today. Uh, we all look forward to the time when we can be back together in the house of God. And these are just uh, difficult times, and uh, for a lot of people, perilous times. And uh, we praise the Lord that uh, those in our fam- church family who've been fighting this are getting better, but uh, it is still raging. Uh, I, I think I saw yesterday or last night, WLOS said just in the last two days, there have been 18,000 new cases reported in North Carolina. And that's not counting all the cases that weren't even tested and reported. So still a difficult time, but God's grace is sufficient. And God's protecting our people and blessing our people and getting us through it. And a lot of that, Precious Church family, is because of the power of prayer. And that's what I want to talk with you about today as we begin this new year of 2021. Uh, We're going to do a series of studies on the greatest privilege and the greatest power in the world, and that is the power of prayer. And if you will, turn with me in the Word of God to the Gospel of Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. And we're going to be in the very heart of the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, recorded in Matthew chapters 5 through 7, of course, preached by the Lord Jesus. And in the heart of uh, this Sermon on the Mount, the Lord Jesus talked about the greatest privilege and the greatest power in all the world, and that's the power of prayer. And that's what we're thinking about today, how to pray in such a way, how to pray with power that you'll actually release the power of God through the power of the Holy Spirit into that situation. And God will hear. God will answer our prayer. And there are a number of wonderful things I could say about New Hope Baptist Church and say them, oh, praise God from my heart. We're a loving church. We're a spiritual church. We're a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Bible-preaching church. But I think the greatest thing about New Hope Church, I can say, is that New Hope Church is a praying church, a church that not only believes in prayer, a church that prays, a church that not only believes that God can answer prayer, but we believe that God will answer prayer. Now, let me remind you of two very important truths about prayer, and I hope you've turned to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6. We're going to read verses 5 through 15 in just a few moments in the course of this study this morning, but the first truth I want to remind you of concerning prayer is that nothing, this is so important, nothing lies beyond the reach of prayer except that which lies outside the will of God. Nothing lies beyond the reach of prayer except that which lies outside the will of God. For example, If you have unsaved loved ones, pray for them because uh, the Bible says it's not God's will that they perish, but they come to repentance. So remember that. If it's in the will of God, uh, God will hear and answer those prayers. And then there's a second very important truth we need to remember is that prayer can do anything that God can do, and God can do anything. So when we pray by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, we cleanse hearts, uh, being covered with the precious blood of Christ, God does hear and God does answer 
our prayers. Look with me at verses 5 and 6 in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is speaking these words. Now, I'm using a red-letter edition of the New Testament. It has these letters and words in red because these words are actually spoken directly by the Lord Jesus. Jesus says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. Now, the word hypocrite literally comes from the Greek word that talks about being an actor, a performer, someone who is putting on a show but is not really that person. That's what a hypocrite is. And Jesus says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to stand praying in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. And, of course, he was primarily talking about the scribes and the Pharisees who would just uh, pray in public, uh, not to talk with God, but pray in public just to be heard of men. And, and that was their reward, the Lord Jesus says. Now, we're going to talk about that because there is an important place for public prayer. But uh, prayer that is not said, but pr prayer that is prayed. We're not praying to be heard of men. We're praying to be heard of God. But the primary emphasis on prayer in the New Testament is that the secret of prayer is prayer in secret. And that's what Jesus is talking about in verse 6. Jesus says, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now, uh, sometimes people do have prayer clauses, a literal room that they can go in and shut the door and be by themselves and pray. But the main thing is to have a private place of prayer. Now, since I live alone, my whole house is my prayer clause, and I can pray wherever I want to pray. Uh, or I can pray uh, going down the road in my car and, and uh, anywhere you are in your heart, it is a, a prayer uh, closet because prayer uh, to reach the heart of God has to come from the heart. Now, look again at verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which uh, uh, seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now, let me just say just a word in passing. And keep your place there in Matthew 6, but if you're following in the Word of God, turn with me to Matthew 18 and look at verses 19 and 20. There is also a wonderful emphasis on having a prayer partner. Of course, a Christian husband, Christian wife, your prayer partners, you pray together at the table and uh, different times. Uh, but if you don't have a Christian mate or you're not married, as uh, I'm not married, you can have a prayer partner. And I have one. It's a first cousin of mine. Uh, I was her pastor many years in, in, in Spartanburg County, and, and she became my prayer partner. And she would call me about every week, and we'd pray for the church. And now she still calls me about every month or two months. And we pray uh, not only for the church there. We pray for you, Hope. But I, I still treasure her as my prayer partner. So it's good to have a prayer partner because of what Jesus says in Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20. Uh, Jesus says, listen to these words, again in red letters in, in my Bible because it's coming directly from the mouth of Jesus, 
Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, that they shall ask, and it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. That's a powerful prayer promise. If two of you agree on something on earth and you ask, it shall be done of my Father which is in heaven. Of course, and we'll talk about this as we go through this study this morning, that is conditioned on the will of God. What is the will of God? How important the will of God is. And and the will of God is uh, God's wonderful plan for our life. It's based on the fact, precious child of God, God knows what's better for you and me than we know what's better for us. And that is the will of God. And, and then the Lord Jesus says this in verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst thereof. Well, we don't have a large group this morning, but we have more than two or three. And we're gathered together via the phone uh, in Jesus' name. And Jesus is with us, and we give him all praise and glory. Now, what is our Lord teaching in Matthew 6? 6, he's talking about that if you're going to be a prayer warrior, the majority of your praying is done in secret, not in public. Uh, I pray in public. There's an important place for public prayer, and there's a time for public prayer. But most of us pray in secret. Most of us, and, and mercy, I think about uh, the, the beauty of this prayer ministry and that the bulk of it, it is done in, in secret, in, in our souls, our in the depths of our souls. Uh, I can pray sitting in a uh, the chair in my den or sitting on the side of my bed or even lying in my bed or sitting here at the kitchen table or driving my car or wherever you are in your soul, your soul, your precious soul is a sanctuary of prayer and you pray there and you hold on until our Lord hears and answers uh, that prayer. Now listen to the warning that the Lord Jesus gives in verse 7. He says, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. You've probably seen, like I have on television, uh, the Muslims praying, and they have their prayer rugs, and uh, periodically during the day, they uh, kneel on their prayer rugs, and they say the same vain repetitions toward Mecca. That's what the Lord Jesus is warning against uh, using vain repetitions in our praying. You don't have to be a Muslim to do that. As Christians, we can certainly use vain repetitions in our prayer. Make sure that we're praying sincerely from our heart and not just using repetitions. But look at verse 8. I love this. a powerful promise. We can just get great comfort as we face this new year from the words of Jesus in Matthew 6, 8. But... He says, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye need of before you ask them. Our Heavenly Father knows what we need even before we ask. Now, we say, well, if he knows, why do we pray? We share with him. We praise him. Prayer is composed of numerous elements. Number one has to be confession. Uh, if I begin to pray and there's some sin in my heart, I've got to get rid of that. Put it on the blood. I praise God 
the blood of Christ never loses its power. And and I call First John 1, 7 and 9, my spiritual campground. Uh, the blood of Christ cleanseth us from all sin. And if we confess our sins, God's faithful and just forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then we begin to just thank the Lord and, and just pray and praise and thank him and worship him. Uh, talking with a dear preacher friend just this past week, and he said on Christmas Day, he decided he wasn't going to ask God anything. He was just going to thank him. He said he started thanking the Lord for his blessing. It went on and on and on. You 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 begin to thank God. The word thank is based on uh, the word to think. If we begin to think about how good God is, we realize how much we have to thank him for. And, and then we begin to request and, and make our request, and then we begin to intercede. For others, the greatest thing you can do for another person is to pray for that individual. And then we praise the Lord. In thanking the Lord, we focus on his blessings. and praising him, we focus on his person, how good the Lord is to us. Now, let me read for you what we commonly call the Lord's Prayer. And that's a beautiful name for it. But technically, Jesus did not have to pray all of this prayer. He certainly did not have to pray, forgive us our debts or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So maybe it's better to call it the model prayer. It is a model prayer. Talk to us by our Lord. Let me read that for you. I want to read verses 9 through 15, Matthew 6. Jesus is speaking. He says, after this manner, therefore, therefore means based on what he's just said before this, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I love that word hallowed. It means holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And let me say this, probably on average, usually every day, I'll pray the Lord's Prayer twice in my prayer time. It's just something I've done in the practice of prayer. But I try to be cautious to pray it and not just say it. It's a wonderful prayer to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed or holy be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we're talking again about the will of God. We're going to talk about that more in just a little bit. But that's, that's the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer, precious child of God, is to not get your will done in heaven. The purpose of prayer is to get God's will done on earth. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when you pray that particular part of the model prayer of the Lord's Prayer, you're praying for several things. First of all, you're praying for the return of Christ. His kingdom will come on this earth. We're going to rule and reign with Jesus on this earth for a thousand years as this earth is now with a change in the topography. But then on a new earth with a new Jerusalem in our glorified bodies, ultimately his kingdom is going to come on this earth. But ultimately his will is going to be done on this earth. But right now his kingdom is done. His will is being done. The will of God has been done on this earth in people like our folks at New Hope who pray together, who worship together, who said the word, it, it, the will of God's being done when people give their hearts and lives to Christ. 
The will of God is being done when people commit themselves to the service of the Lord. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. We pray daily for our food. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And I use the word trespasses there instead of debts. And that's what Christ is talking about. He's not talking about a financial debt. He's talking about a spiritual debt. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our trespasses. Even as we forgive others their trespasses. And oh my, as I've shared with you before, what a freeing experience this is. When you just, God allows you through the power of the Holy Spirit to forgive someone who has sinned against you. And the one you set free is you, not necessarily that person. They may have not changed, but God changes your heart. And he gives you that freedom to love and to pray simply by forgiving them. But that's a grace gift. That's done by the enabling power of the Holy Spirit through the blood of Christ on, on Calvary's cross. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And it is, precious child of God, forever. It will be uh, a time of worshiping God and being in his kingdom and giving him praise and giving him the glory and being absolutely blessed and, and built up totally by the presence and the power of the living God. Now, Jesus, the only part of the model prayer of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus gives commentary on is forgiving others like God forgives us. And that's why he says in verses 14 and 15, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But Jesus says in verse 15, if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. If you're like me, Oh, I absolutely want to be totally forgiven. And if by the grace of God, through the blood of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, I can forgive others and just put it in the blood and it's gone and the fellowship is restored. Uh, my, 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 what a joy. Uh, what a privilege. Now, the Lord Jesus talks to us in verse 9 about the persons of prayer. The persons of prayer. He says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Who are the two persons in prayer? It's our Heavenly Father, and it's God's child. God's child. It's simply us as God's children talking to our Heavenly Father. There may be a precious child of God somewhere who would say, well, I don't know how to pray. Well, you, you just talk to your Heavenly Father. Uh, you don't have to use the these and vows of the King James Version of the Bible. I like to use them a lot of times, but you don't have to. Just share what's on your heart. And again, you yeah, you make sure your heart's clean through the blood of Christ, and you just praise him and thank him. If you got a need, uh, share that need, and he listens. Aren't you glad for that promise that says, and the ears of the Lord are always open unto the cries of his children. Now, I want to stress something. Real prayer is only for the children of God. When Dr. Bailey Smith, who was a Southern Baptist evangelist, was president of the Southern Baptist Convention, he got into a lot of criticism from the media when he said God will not hear the prayer 
of an unsaved person. Well, technically he's right because the Bible says, if I regard sin in my heart, God will not hear me. But I think about any precious unsaved person, maybe a family member, a neighbor, a friend, when they just simply, under the prompting of the Holy Spirit, just say, God, forgive me of my sins. And Jesus come into my heart as my Savior and Lord. That opens up the floodgate of their fellowship with their Heavenly Father at any time. Let me just remind you that God is the creator of all people. He's only the Father of those who have repented of their sins and trusted Jesus as their Savior and Lord. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is not a way to heaven. Jesus is the only way to heaven. You'll never get to heaven. You'll never get to heaven without the Lord Jesus. I've used this illustration before, but let me use it again. Suppose I'm standing in the edge of the parking lot at New Hope Church, and I want to go to Ofor, and I'm not able to walk, and I don't have a means of transportation. And you stop in your car, and you say, well, what do you want? And I say, well, I, I want to go to Oldfort. You say, well, let's just keep walking down the road in this direction. Eventually, you'll get there. But I can't walk. But suppose you say, get in the car, and I'll carry you. Well, what you've done is you've not told me the way. You've been the way. Well, Jesus doesn't tell you the way to heaven, precious child of God. He is the way. I think about 2020. Two of my best friends. Uh, one from childhood, one of my best preacher friends for 50 years, within nine days of each other, went home to be with the Lord. And, and I had absolute peace about that. They're, interestingly enough, they're both 77 years old. They left behind two children, left behind a precious wife. But uh, I had such peace about it because I knew Jesus came and took them home to heaven. I shared with you recently. Uh, 2020, my one remaining sister on earth went to heaven, and my dad's one remaining sister on earth went to heaven. Uh, really, when you think about it, spiritually, for them, it was a time of promotion, a leading this world of sin and sorrow. Now, I want to live here as long as God can use me, but I don't dread going to heaven. That's what we're living for. This, this world is preparation. Heaven is the destination, and the only way to get there is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, for you are the children of God by your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me just remind you uh, of some very important truths concerning prayer. In the Old Testament, the Jewish people on a norm did not go directly to God in prayer. They would have to come to the priest and go through the priest. I am so glad that's not for us. Now, the Old Testament is just as much the Word of God as the New Testament. But the Old Covenant, Old Te that's what the word Testament means, covenant, is primarily with the Jewish people. We're under the New Covenant. Jesus said, you're under the New, covenant, New Testament of my blood. And Jesus is our great high priest. The Bible says Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. 
and that he was tested in all points as we are, yet he without sin. And uh, that's why we can come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. So, and I appreciate, and I appreciate, number one, people praying for me. And when people say, Pastor, will you pray for me? It's an honor. It's the greatest thing we do for each other. But aren't you glad you don't have to totally depend on the pastor's prayers? You go directly. I'm so glad. You and I, it's called the priesthood of the believer. Because you've been washed in the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit lives the Christ life in you, you go directly in the name of Jesus to God's throne of grace and obtain mercy and grace to help you in your time of need. That's why, precious child of God, the greatest privilege you and I have is the privilege every day of spending time in the presence of our Heavenly Father. What an awesome God he is. It grieves my heart when I I think about the average Christian only spends three to five minutes a day in prayer. And and let me just say this. You ought to have a, a quiet time of prayer. But you can pray while you're walking. You can pray while you're driving. You can pray in your heart at work. You can pray while you're working around the house or you're on your job. Wherever you are, you can pray. Because you're praying in your heart. Jesus is living in your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the persons of prayer. It's our Heavenly Father. And we as God's children talking to our Heavenly Father. But let's think for just a few moments about not only the persons of prayer, the child of God and his or her Heavenly Father, but think with me about the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer. Look again at verses 9 and 10, Matthew 6. After this manner, therefore, pray ye our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The purpose of prayer is, as I said a while ago, not getting our will done in heaven. The purpose of prayer is getting God's will done on earth. Oh, prayer is seeking the will of God and following the will of God. Let me just say this. The will of God is God's very best for you. If we had perfect knowledge and we don't, one day we will. When we have our glorified bodies for eternity. But if we had perfect knowledge, we'd always want to do the will of God in every aspect of our lives. Every aspect, not just one or two. Because we'd realize that the will of God is God's best for us. God wants, God wants his best for you. Uh, my daughter, one of her favorite verses is Jeremiah 29, 11. And I love that verse. That's a good verse to just focus on during this new year. Let me tell you, God's got it. God's got this new year. You don't have to worry about a thing. You trust Jesus one moment at a time. Live for him one day at a time. And he's going to take care of it. No matter what you face, 
And there's going to be a lot of great things. Now, there might be some trials. And that we, we always are going through trials from time to time. But God's got 2021, and God's got you, and he's going to take care of you. And this is God's promise to you. Jeremiah 29, 11. This is what the Lord says. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Do you realize you're always on God's mind? Do you realize you're always in God's heart? As I shared with you recently, when God looked upon Jesus on the cross, he didn't see Jesus. He saw you because Jesus was dying for you. And if you had not been the only sinners needing a Savior, he would have died just the same, as well as for the billions of people on this planet today who need Christ. But when God looks at you and me now, he doesn't see us. He sees Jesus in us. You've been made perfect. You've been declared 100% righteous. I, I know none of us is perfect in our living, but in our relationship, in our spirit, we have that. We've been declared 100% righteous in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And listen to God's promise in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts I Think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And one translation says, to give you a hope and to give you a future. God's got wonderful things for us. On this earth in 2011, uh, God's, excuse me, 2021. God's got wonderful things he wants to do for you, precious child of God, to give you hope, to give you peace, to fill your heart with joy. And let me tell you, in one of my favorite quotes, to quote Corey Timboom, you look around you, you'll be distressed. You look within you, you'll be depressed. But if you look to Jesus, you'll have peace. You'll have rest. The will of God, it's not something you have to do. The will of God is something you get to do. And successful prayer is simply finding the will of God and doing it. Now, if you will, turn with me to that powerful chapter in Romans, Romans chapter 8. I want to read for you verses 26 and 27. The Bible tells us that and think about this. This is amazing to me. God is one God, but he lives as three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We call that the blessed Holy Trinity. There is equality of deity. Each member is equally God, but there is subordination in ministry. Jesus is subordinate to the Father, and the Holy Spirit is subordinate to Jesus and to the Father. Let me share with you something that just amazes me. You realize that two members of the Holy Trinity are always praying to the Father for you. Jesus has a glorified body, a literal body of flesh and, and bones. And in that glorified body, he's sitting at the right hand of God the Father. And as I've said many times, the security of your Christian life is not that you're always thinking about Jesus, but that Jesus is always thinking about you. 
Listen, child of God, right now, Jesus is thinking about you. And Jesus is praying for you. As I said, he ever lives to make intercession for us. But that's not only true, and it's wonderfully true, but the Holy Spirit also, who lives within us, expressing the life of Christ, the Holy Spirit is also interceding and praying for you. Let me read for you verses 26 and 27 of Romans chapter 8. Likewise, the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, also helpeth our infirmities. What's our infirmities? For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. I'll be the first to confess. I sure don't know always how to pray. But I'm glad God understands my heart. And I can still fellowship with him and talk to him. But because we don't know that, uh, the Holy Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Right now, Jesus is interceding for you. And every moment you're on earth until you meet it face to face, Jesus is going to be interceding for you. And right now, inside of you, in the sanctuary of your spirit, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is interceding for you before the throne of grace. And he does it with groanings which cannot be uttered. In other words, if you could hear it, you couldn't understand it because it's with groanings. Uh, and I've shared with you the experience of that precious saint of God who was dying. This elderly lady was dying. She loved Jesus, and our pastor was visiting her. She said, Pastor, I have so much pain. When I, I, I try to pray, all I can do is groan. And the pastor said, that's all you have to do. Because the Holy Spirit takes your groanings and translates them into eloquent petitions before God's throne of grace. And look at verse 27. He, the Holy Spirit, searcheth the hearts, knoweth the mind of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit makes intercession for you according to the will of God. We go back to the will of God, God's perfect plan. That's that's what we want to do. We knew as much about ourselves as God does. We, we want, I want to tell you, you want to be in the will of God. You want to pray the will of God. There's no failure. No matter what you face, there's no failure, child of God, inside the will of God. And there's no success outside the will of God. Now, let me, let me close with the key to prayer. Here's the key to prayer. And I'm going I'm to read it to you a couple, three times, and then we're going to close. The prayer that gets to heaven is the prayer that starts in heaven. The prayer that gets to heaven is the prayer that starts in heaven. The prayer that gets to heaven is the prayer that starts in heaven. What we do is just close the circuit. God lays something on your heart to pray for. And you pray for it. And it goes right back to heaven. Prayer is the Holy Spirit finding a desire in the heart of the Heavenly Father and putting that desire in your heart. And then you pray for it. And that prayer 
goes right back to heaven. The prayer that gets to heaven is the prayer that starts in heaven. And the result of praying that way, the way Jesus taught us to pray, is that God's kingdom will come and God's will shall be done on earth as it is in heaven. The precious child of God, when that takes place in your heart and life, hear me now. When that kind of praying takes place in your heart and mind, we are of all people on this earth the most richly blessed. Pray with me, please. And let me just say, if someone is listening and you're not sure about Jesus, make sure today. Ask God to forgive you. Ask Jesus to come into your heart as your Savior and Lord. Father, I thank you for my dear brothers and sisters in Christ who have listened today. And I don't know who all is listening, but I dare say all of them are prayer warriors. Father, thank you for the greatest privilege of our life as your children, the privilege of talking with our Heavenly Father. And we pray this prayer, and we want to pray all prayers. In Jesus' name, amen.